Founder Space Startup Supercharged. I'm Captain Hawk, CEO of Founder Space, the leading global startup accelerator. I'm also author of the award-winning books, Make Elephants Fly, Surviving a Startup, and The Five Horses. Today we are here with Adam Springer, and Adam is a sales expert. He is a Actually, I call him a sales monster. He looks like an unassuming guy, just your average guy, and he's not even super outspoken, but he delivers because he knows exactly what it takes to sell. Now, Adam has his own company, uh, StartupSales.io, and he specializes in helping startups get that initial traction. You know, those initial leads, which are so impossible for all of us startup founders to get, like, how do you get those first 30 sales? How can you do it? So, Adam... Welcome to the show. Welcome to Founder Space. I want to hear from you. What's your background? What have you done in the past that has that has made you who you are today? I was the first salesperson for four different companies, four different startups, where we went from product launch to a million, uh, three of the four times in under a year, and then we scaled that up to five, ten million. One of them is an IPO. One of them is a halfway to unicorn status. The other one is. Uh, private company, but uh, no VC back, but they're doing quite well. And unfortunately, one is a failure, but you know, we learned from that too. Three out of four is a good hit rate. So, yeah. you know, for a first startup, you know, most startups fail, the vast majority of startups fail. So, you know, you delivered from early on and especially getting to that first million, that is the most brutal part. So that's what we want to talk about. You know, entrepreneurs are out there. They're like, if I just had a million in sales, you know, then the money starts coming in, everything starts going, you know, but getting that first million, especially when you're bootstrapping it early on, like, you know, how hard that is. So tell us, um, what are the, the first things entrepreneurs should do when approaching sales at a very early stage when they don't have a lot of money? Start. <laughs> I think Start that's right what, away. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things is people like I'm not a salesperson. I'm going to hide away from it. But when you hide away from it and you start burying yourself in other work, you 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 waste time and you know your runway is only for so long, and then it's too late to do it, and then you go in 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 panic mode. So you know, I think the first is, thing is you, to start. You said something very true because a lot of entrepreneurs aren't salespeople. Like they have they're. They may be creative people with great ideas. They may be engineers who like working on their product. So they will spend a lot of time fiddling with the product without going out to any customer, you know? Yeah. And what are they building? They don't even know because they haven't talked to any customers, haven't gotten any feedback. So starting, starting the sales process early, like from when do you think an, an entrepreneur should start the sales process? At what point should they have a prototype ready? Should they have, you know, a final product? When should they start? Uh, yesterday. And, <laughs> and that is right away. It doesn't matter what stage you have. If you already have a, a prototype ready, good. If you Even before then, sales, I think we need to go backwards and, and change the definition of sales because sales is not, you know, that old used car salesman that we think of with greased back hair. Sales is more of um, a partnership and an investigation not with the negative context, but it should be there. You're there to help somebody. You're there to 
to see if you can make their life better in one way or another. And they're going to make your life better in one way or another. And that's typically money. And that's why it's a partnership. So I kind of forgot the question, but anyways, you should start right away and, <laughs> and we'll that's, go from there. So, you know, what you're saying is that if you're an entrepreneur, you shouldn't wait to develop anything before you start sales. You should literally start before you develop your product. And this is something I completely agree with, like, especially in the B2B space. If it's B2C, a lot of times you have to put something out there. But B2B, the people are there. Your customers are there. You all, you could go talk to them anytime. Like, and so why not talk to them before you build the wrong thing, before you spend six months building something nobody wants? Now, when you get in with a customer, you know, what, what are the keys to selling? Asking good questions. You should be sitting there looking for what problems they have, whether that's an emotional pain, a financial pain, you know, time is money as well. Uh, but it should be one of those two pains or what I like to call a business pain, which is something that's like a, an absolute need. Let's say, you know, you need, uh, you need a ISO 9001 or something like that. You know, you need one of these permits to go forward. That's an absolutely need. Uh, you need Zoom in your business. So Zoom is an easy yeah. sell. <laughs> you know, you're right. If you can identify those absolute needs, those extreme needs is what I like to call them in a business uh, early on, uh, then you know you're on the right track. And so how do you get at this? Because a lot of people like they have an idea in their head. It's why they started the company, right? They have this vision in their head. They're going out there. They want to build this vision. Like that's what they want to do. Now, what? how would you talk to an entrepreneur? What? How would you advise them? Like, I have this vision. This is going to totally change the world. It's going to totally change our industry. This is what I want to do. What would you tell them? I would say first try to find um, a high-level question that's that's not too focused, but focused enough and wide enough that allows the other person that you're speaking to to speak freely, but in a directed way. So what I mean by that is, you know, ask them a question about a potential problem that they may have that your solution will solve or does solve and let them start speaking about that problem and then ask them deeper questions. It's kind of like, you know, when you have a toddler, I have a three-year-old at home. Everything's why, why, why. <laughs> and But that's a really good lesson that we need to learn. Now, you ask a question, they, the prospect comes back with a, an answer. Go deeper. Ask why again. Now, don't use why, why, why. That gets, feels like an interrogation. It gets really annoying. But in a different ways, keep diving deeper. The deeper you go, the more you're going to learn, the better product you're going to have. And the they will sell themselves on the product because now they're talking so deep about their pain, it becomes personal. And now they want to fix that and they need That's, to fix it. That is key. So two, you said two really important things. One, put on your toddler brain. Don't, don't try <laughs> to manipulate the customer. Don't try to think you can convince them of something they don't believe. Because that's, you know, the first thing I, I tell any salespeople is you're never going to get somebody, a really good customer to stick with you by selling them something they don't need. All you'll end up doing is pissing them off, like that yeah. they actually ended up buying it. So what you really need to do is uh, be a curious person, like a toddler, like ask a lot of questions, be really curious about their business because that's giving you data, like real data 
that you wouldn't have otherwise about what their real needs are, not what their your their assumed needs are. Like we all make assumptions when we start our business, but we need yeah. to find out what the facts are. And then you uh, need to engage with your customers at a deep level, like an open-ended level, right? So like you said, you can't be in sales mode where you're very narrowly focused on getting them to buy what you have already built or what you have already imagined you will build. That is not your goal. Your goal is to figure out more importantly, if they could build any, if they could, if you could sell them anything to solve their problem, what would that thing be and have them tell you? And, and then there's one more point that I want to elaborate from you that was really good. Uh, you were like, um, let the customer convince themselves. You don't have to convince them, right? Because the people, if the best salespeople in the world are the people often the most unlikely people, they aren't the people who can talk a mile a minute and, you know, act like they know everything and feel comfortable around everybody. They're usually like you, more kind of shy and assuming people who ask questions and are very considerate, but are really paying attention to the yeah. details and giving the customer an opportunity to actually do most of the talking. And in the process of your guiding them through that conversation, they are selling themselves. There's no more powerful salesperson in the world than some than yourself. Like if you will sell yourself on something, nobody can convince you otherwise because you sold yourself. <laughs> exactly. And a trick I've learned and that I teach uh, many other founders is throw away your ego and take away your title. You know, as a VP of sales and having many uh, different sales teams, I've actually, to train some of my guys, I would tell them to bring me on the call and introduce me as their trainee. And so I come in as the trainee and say, hey, I, let me ask you some stupid questions if that's okay. Because for what it does is allows you to ask stupid questions, quote unquote, but it also allows the prospect to kind of like have more patience with you and feel like they need to explain more because they want to help you. And so you really get a lot of information this way and you throw wow. in your ego away. That is brilliant. And I've never heard that before. So this is a nugget that everybody can take away with them. You know, inter be the get the top salesperson on the line and introduce them as the trainee. <laughs> <laughs> Because the top salesperson, first of all, they're taught because they know what questions to ask, but that gives them permission to ask all these questions in front of somebody without them feeling like, why are you asking all these questions? You know, yeah. All these basic, basic questions. Brilliant. So uh, I will use that in the future and I will tell my startups to use that. Are there other pieces, golden nuggets like that you can share with us? Oh, <laughs> I think you have to line me up a little bit better than that because there's a million different uh, nuggets that... I think make it good. I think the the important thing is is really as you said before don't don't become a don't try to sell, don't try to convince. You you need to go there to learn. And when I'm hiring for salespeople, one of the best the, the things I'm looking for most is not what companies they've been at in the past or or you know what school they went to or anything like that. I look at what are they learning now? What do they find interesting? I want self-learners because people that are self-learners mean they're they're curious. And when you're a curious person, you're going to ask just naturally good questions. And so even if you're not that kind of person now, you can be. Just really go and learn how to ask that good was, questions. Yeah. That was another golden nugget. And I want to nail that home. 
you know, hiring good salespeople is hard, right? And you often feel like you need to hire the person who's really smooth, who can really present well, who can really, you know, has, you know, uh, the good looks. But in the end, those things are all superficial. What you're talking about is the meat of sales. And that is to hire somebody who loves to learn, somebody yeah. who loves to ask questions, somebody who's very curious, because ultimately they're going to be wind up being a better salesperson because they are the ones who are going to take the time and they have the desire to figure out their customer and learn their customer's business better than the customer. Those are the great salespeople, right? Because if Absolutely. you can know your business better than the, the customer's business better than them, you know their problems. <laughs> and you know. And, and there's a second layer to that as well. It's not just a curious person. It's how well can they articulate what they've learned. So mm. for example, I've had somebody that came to me and during an interview and was explaining rocketry to me. And that's a complex topic. But when you, they are able to explain it in a way that anybody could understand, that's a golden salesperson right there. That's somebody you want to hire. So two things, right? Curious and can really explain things well. Complex can take complex ideas and simplify them because that's what we all need to do, right? In sales, it's like, I, I don't need to go through every detail of my product with you, right? That's yeah. going to drive you nuts. Like what I need <laughs> to figure out is how to articulate the most important things to you in the clearest possible manner. Exactly. Let me tell you, let me ask you another question. So, and we run into this a lot, especially with big strategic sales, you know, B2B side. What happens, what do you do when a customer's dragging their feet? When they like keep taking meetings, they keep taking up your time, but they, the ball isn't moving forward. Be direct, ask them. Hey, you told me before you were really interested and now it seems like you're dragging your feet. What is the holdup? Period. Or question mark. <laughs> and that's yeah, it. That gets them Just moving. Find again. out what it is. Yeah. And then do you also uh, put a timeline or any deadlines on there? No. That I, I don't like artificial timelines because it's artificial. I'll take their business in a year from now as well. Like, I, obviously, I want it now. But I'll take it tomorrow just the same. Um, so I don't really like that because it's that's not how you create uh, pressure. That's not a good way to create pressure. A good way to do it is to extrapolate on their pain or have them explain what their pain is and put a cost to that. Uh, not just financial cost, but put another cost to it. And what does that mean? Oh, you're going to have to go home and, and fight with your partner uh, because you didn't get the promotion and now you're not going to be able to pay the bills, whatever that may be. I and mean, that's really extreme, but you, you find out what that pain is and what the cost of not doing business and not moving forward is, and then that will add pressure on its own. Another golden nugget. So really get your, get whoever you're selling to, to articulate to themselves the cost of not making this change right? Because we're all trying to overcome inertia. Like these customers, they're doing things the way they're doing them. Nobody wants to change. Who wants to learn a new piece of software? Who wants to switch services? Like those things are hassles, right? You know, nobody yeah. wants to do that. Um, it, they just want to keep doing their business, how they're doing it. So, but the only way to get them to actually do that is to have them articulate to themselves, what are the costs they're paying by remaining in this current stasis that they're in? And if those, if they articulate that, then they'll suddenly realize, wow, if I changed all this, I would benefit. And they just said that to themselves. You don't have to say it to them. Exactly. Right. Um, 
you know, when you're doing large strategic sales, uh, a lot of times there's more than one decision maker and different, how do you, you know, in these complex organizations, like, it's not like you can just go to somebody and it's their business. They say, yeah, we're on board. Right. But they, they might like it, but there are other people in the chain. And how do you navigate that? You have to qualify each one of them individually. And, you know, the best way to do this is, you know, when there's a group meeting and a group demo, make sure that you're always kind of at the beginning of these, it depends on the sales cycle, because sometimes you have only three or four, and it could still be a six figure deal. But sometimes you have a, you know, 20 meetings with somebody for a five figure deal. So it really depends on the sales process. Each one is different. But always recap at the from the last meeting, hey, guys, Previous, you guys told me that this A, B, and C is a problem. I just want to make sure I understood you correctly. Yeah, good. Okay, I had a question about that. And now dive in deeper. And if there's somebody new on the meeting, let's say, hey, the CEO jumped in on this meeting, direct the questions to him and make it and direct the questions in a way that it would pertain to him. So he or she could start speaking about that problem from their point of view. Really, really good. Okay. Um, and when you're selling, um, a lot of times people will just, they get depressed, right? Because you're getting a lot of rejection. It's, it's, it's hard, right? And you're knocking on a lot of doors. And how do you overcome that on a personal level? I would self-reflect and realize that I'm doing something wrong. Or I'm working for a company that doesn't have a good product that doesn't solve a pain. Yeah. And so uh, if you're doing something wrong, let's go into that. Uh, if you're working, you know, a lot of people are, they're working for a company whose product doesn't really solve an extreme pain point. So yeah. they're never going to fly off the shelves. And I tell anybody who's selling for a company like that, get switch. And if it's your company that's doing, well, first of all, if you work for that company, go to your CEO and tell them this product isn't doing it. We need to totally pivot. We need to change. Like this product isn't selling. You got to tell the CEO that if it's your company and you're the CEO and you realize that if some, if your salespeople are smart enough to be telling you this, um, then you better pivot. Um, if not, you leave the company, right? But when it's, uh, you said self-reflection, right? So can you tell us uh, at some points when you, you know, you said one out of those four companies didn't make it, right? So what was wrong with that company? How did you deal with that situation? What did you learn from it? Oh, that was a difficult one because, and they probably listened to this, uh, <laughs> but uh, that product itself was probably the sexiest product I've ever represented and, and sold. And the problem was, is, was technical issues. Um, and so, but how I overcame it was I proved that it was technical issues with data and, and numbers. I brought it to them and I spoke with the founders and I showed them like, guys, this is where we're failing. I here's, here's the top of the funnel. Here's the numbers. Here's how long it takes the next step. Here's how long it takes the next step. And here's where the drop-off is. It all has to do with technical failures during the POC phase. And, and here's why each one. And when you have this data and you're recording this data, for, for reasons like this, but also for good reasons, when you start to do really well and you want to scale, you could start to miss. But I think it's really important that you're keeping this data so that you can have this information. I know that's a little off topic, but. No, that's important to know. Now, before we wrap up, 
Um, I want uh, to hear uh, one more piece of super strategic advice for entrepreneurs out there. These are early stage entrepreneurs who are going out there to make those initial sales. What's one more piece of advice that you haven't given that you could give them? Don't listen to everybody that's out there talking. That includes myself. That includes you. You know, look at the background that these people have that you're listening to. Make sure it aligns and is relative to what you're doing. Let's say somebody that's super successful at Salesforce or HubSpot, and you know they're they're the top salesman there for five years in a row. Chances are they will fail miserably at an early stage startup. And so you need to make sure to really look into who you're listening to and who you're taking advice from. That's really good because yeah, people are in different situations, selling for a big corporation that already has a brand that already has all the sales channels worked out that, you know, has relationships. That's a totally different ball game, right? You have something completely being a no name uh, entrepreneur and with a no name company going, you know, trying to sell even, you know, especially when you're selling to much bigger companies, really uh, tough. And yeah. the people who already, just because they're a good salesperson at, you know, Salesforce or Microsoft or Google doesn't mean that they're going to be a great salesperson in your company. And they may be giving you advice that's good for them, but that's not good for you. And also getting a lot of data points, right? So we're giving you our ideas and data points. And I've learned something today. Um, and I thought I knew a lot about sales. And But you need to get as many data points as possible and experiment with them. Like it, also you as an individual, certain things are going to work better for you. And then that work for other people, like other people's sales styles might not work for you, right? We're all into, like you have your own style, I'm sure. So I think figuring out your own style, your own voice, really important. Adam, thank you so much for being on the show. This is Adam Springer. Can you tell us a little about your company and where people can find you? Sure. So you could uh, find me at startupsales.io or on LinkedIn, Adam Springer. I've also got a podcast, startupsales.io. Um, and what we do is we help uh, companies reach, do cold outreach, whether that's email or LinkedIn, uh, in order to get you meetings with your prospects or investors or get you on other podcasts. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you liked it, hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You can help us create more great content by subscribing and sharing. Also, if you want to access our online startup program, our investor network, and our entrepreneur resources, just come to founderspace.com.